Rogers, who the only place he's going to take it to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Favre, who will take it to the Super Bowl. I do like me a triple butter burger with cheese and the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package be really good? Yeah, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, is this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1, man. Come on, man. Best QB in the league right here. What's up, John Money? What's up, guys? This is Jeff Giannis. And Giannis does it! Stop it! Oh, please! What a cat! That's insane! You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Roman Packers Podcast. In the state of our minds, I'm Spencer, joined this week with Billy and Todd, boys. Hello, hello. Greetings, gentlemen. And the Green Bay Packers might be okay at football, winning 22-23 at Lambeau Field against the Los Angeles Chargers. The Packers are now 4-6, and six, and just, what, two weeks after we were talking potential draft positions and things like that, yeah. we are the eighth seed, which is not in the playoffs, but we are one spot back from the Minnesota Vikings. Pretty weird, um, but more importantly, I'd say... I feel pretty good about the Packers the last three weeks. This is what we've been looking for when we were thinking during training camp of, you know, a fun, young offense. I think that's what we kind of had on Sunday. So I don't have a ton of complaints. I didn't shoot a deer this week. Uh, that kind of sucked. But, hey, that also something I got to throw out there. We broke the streak. It had been seven years that the Packers didn't win on uh, – Whitetail opener in Wisconsin. I tweeted that out a couple times, and I saw fucking Aaron Nagler today tweeted it out. I'm like, you follow us. I know you stole that stat, and I didn't get any interaction. Well, he replies to he replies to the account sometimes, oh, doesn't he? Yeah. I I'm glad he did it. I'm glad the information is out there. That's that is what I wanted anyway. So I'm I'm just giving him shit. But yes, good good all around fun game. What did you guys think? I really enjoyed it. Good. I uh, I had a lot of fun. Like for the first time, I found myself this year. Not the first time. I think the Chicago game. I was pretty into it, but there was a little bit of a lull there for a while. I wasn't feeling too hot during the game. Just kind of like maybe a little bit discouraged even going into it. Where like I wasn't super emotional, but I found myself during like I think it was like a third and long that they converted being like angry that they converted it for the first time in a while. And I'm like, okay. Now I'm starting to feel like this is more of a competitive team. And, like, that was kind of my litmus test of, like, I'm, like, more into the game. Like, I can tell that I'm more into the game because I believe more in the team, if that makes sense. So that was the note that I took away. I'm the exact same way, Todd. I found in that fourth quarter, that last drive for the Chargers, like, that third down, I I was on my feet. I couldn't sit down. I... I had to do something to make it feel like I was supporting the team a little more. <laughs> um, I will say this. I didn't, I kind of felt dirty about myself after the Steelers game Ooh. where I talked about, you know, oh, it's a moral victory and we saw <laughs> progress and hip, hip, hooray. And it's like, like, that's not, that's never been anything that I've ever realistically it's, said about it's the loser Green talk. Bay Packers. That it was really loser is. talk last week. It for it sure really was. Is. I'll admit it. <laughs> So but, I think we said it then too. But it was a real it was a real feeling when right. we felt that way like it was a moral victory. But it feels good to, you know, to feel this way after a win and also I feel really glad for Jordan Love to to lead us down in the last couple of minutes and get that score because that's been something we've had so many close games and just not been able to finish. So I was really proud to see him come through in the last couple of minutes there. 
Yeah, it was funny because it's. I was like, God, this feels like the last couple weeks where you know we're getting the ball with. If you score a touchdown, you win the game, and this time we've scored a touchdown a little early. I'm sure. I'm sure everyone yeah. else felt the same way. Where there was like what four and a half, five minutes when we got the ball and we score, and there's two and a half minutes left. I'm like, we are fucked. There is yep. no way. Which I, I was, you know, getting ahead of myself, and I'm like, you know, the best way to lose is Jordan Love bringing the team back in the fourth quarter, Joe Barry blowing it. And it's like, okay, good. Remember this come January, Matt. Yeah. Good game. Um, this episode will, you know, like we always do talk about the game, offense, defense, take news. We're going to talk about what type of, Oh, Jordan love in the NFC. It It's really weird looking at the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And, you know, two weeks ago, we probably didn't feel that great. Now it's like, Oh, it's Kyle and Packers trivia. And then we will preview the lions game, which is already God. Thursday. I wish I I like the Thursday game because we haven't had one in a while. But when we had that lull earlier in the year where we had like two games and twenty one game days or whatever it was, it's like I wish we could uh move this there. Like it might be a little too early for football. But do you like do you like a Thanksgiving game? We were talking about this a little bit prior to starting the pod. I Thanksgiving don't... game. Do you like it? I like the thought of it, but I don't think the Packers have performed all that well on Thanksgiving games. What comes to mind for me is Aaron Rodgers' head hitting the turf at Ford Field in probably 2013, 2014. Yep. That's about it. And I guess, did we play on Thanksgiving the Bears game at Lambeau? Was that a Thanksgiving game when... Uh, the Favre Farf night, yep. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like the thought of it, but, you know... The actual outcome hasn't been the best for the Packers. I feel Billy, like. you had some strong feelings about the Thanksgiving game. <laughs> I hate playing on Thanksgiving. It <laughs> it's absolutely fucking terrible. I hate it. I think part of it, and we kind of talked about this before the podcast. My family traditionally will eat the Thanksgiving meal around twelve thirty one o'clock, so yep. it's hard to pay attention to the game. The other thing I hate about Thanksgiving, and maybe this is just because I have too many bad childhood memories growing up, Uh when we would go to Detroit and have high expectations with Brett Favre, the Lions would be an absolute dog shit team, and they'd get up and play us tight for absolutely no reason whatsoever. (laughs) The Packers would would play in ugly-ass jerseys that looked like cream corn that somebody threw up after Thanksgiving dinner. Just... I don't have a lot of good memories of think of Green Bay playing on Thanksgiving, at least with Favre. I think it was better with Rodgers, but I would still much rather play on Sunday afternoon at noon. I like the idea. Spencer, do you have something before? No, you can keep going. Nope, you're I good. just I like the idea of being able to be like, okay, I'm gonna take my big old plate of food. I'm gonna grab a TV tray. I'm gonna sit down in the living room and I'm gonna watch football and like obviously like talk to the but like I enjoy like conversing in that environment, conversing with the family over football versus over just looking at everybody. I don't know. Is that- maybe maybe this is a bad take. So I like watching football on Thanksgiving, but maybe it doesn't have to be the Packers. You know, I, I get too invested. Exactly. Like I kind of like, and this will sound bad. Fair. I kind of like the Vikings playing on Thanksgiving, so I can watch I them and hopefully root against them. You know what I mean? What I mean? Have some type of interest or Thursday. Yeah. Those games I usually bet on every Thanksgiving Day game, so that I am invested in one way or another. So. 
It's yeah. a valid point, and the more that I think about it, it is going to be hard to be super attentive to the game because, like, <laughs> inevitably, like, your relatives don't care as much about the game as you will, right? And so they'll be, like, talking over the game. So that's a good point. That's a good point. Maybe I'm changing my tune a little bit. Maybe I want, like, I would be okay because there's is there three games on Thanksgiving? Or there's two? Usually there's three. three. There's three. The and late Black game. Friday if this we, year, if too. If we could play in oh, the, the Dallas window. Game. The late game would be actually, like, the perfect window. Like, you take a little nap in the afternoon, and then mm-hmm. you wake up and, like, oh, the Packers are playing. Like, this is great. Like, that would maybe be... Everybody's kind of left already, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe or, that's... Maybe the like timing saying, yeah. is just off. The timing's just off. We need the late game. 11.30 is a weird time yeah, to be early. starting, but this game, getting back into this game... um, Something I want to talk about, too, is the Lambeau Field uh, home field advantage that popped up this week, too. And I think it's almost because we're not used to having these noon games in, like, November and December where, like, how often do we have this weird, tricky light at Lambeau? It almost goes back to, like, the Tampa Bay NFC Championship game in 2020 where I remember that, but... That came out, helped us out a lot. Uh, the one tight end, I know, it blinded him twice. Keenan Allen it seemed Keenan to get Allen. him. And then Austin Eckler, the turf, slipping twice. The one where he fumbles afterwards. It was like, that is the number one home field advantage for Lambeau. We'll see if the Sun thing keeps going for playing these noon games. But that turf, God, last year, too, with the Vikings bitching about it being wet and too long for them, and they had to change their cleats and all that shit. That is the advantage at Lambeau Field. I thought it was funny that Brandon Staley, I mean, they talked in the pregame that Brandon Staley made a specific point, like, we need to make sure we wear the right cleats. (laughs) And then it still happened. It's like, what are you doing? Don't even give them the option to wear anything else than the cleats that you think they need to be wearing. The Vikings said the exact same thing last year, and it was was whoever, was O'Connell the coach last year? It had to have been, right? So O'Connell said the same thing, and he was like, hey, we got to be wearing these correct cleats, and then players on the sidelines were changing at halftime. It's like... How how do you not understand that? All these people played on a grass field in high school, right? Like, you right. can't wear, like, the molded cleat. You got to wear, like, the screw-in cleats where you can get the longer, like, whatever it is, like, three-quarter-inch cleats in there. And, like, and everybody knows it. The coaches tell them, and then they don't do it. Well, I've brought it up in the past before, too, but I forgot where he said it. But Danny Vitale, the old fullback, said he got fined by the team because he slipped because his cleats weren't good. So it's, and that was under the floor. So it's one of those things where they pounded into these guys' brains not to fuck up your footing at Lambeau Field. So obviously, you know, you don't see it as often from Packers players. I don't understand why the head coach just wouldn't go to the equipment staff and say, you are only going to have them wear this type of cleat and you're going to offer three quarter inch, five eighths of an inch and a half inch long cleat. That's it. Like they none must of the take their cleats crap. home. Like they must take them home, so the equipment managers like don't always have access to them. Like that must be what it is. Well, There's no way. But when I you're did... traveling, you don't get to do that. That all right. goes. They, they got to pack everything up like days before the game. So That's I wild. think I think I've said this before too, and I don't know how. And after this, we'll get into the actual game. I like the little <laughs> little side side quest we've had here for the podcast, but uh, Green Bay. It must have been 2008. I remember go, you know, when I was like 15 years old or something. Um, there's no way I could do the math. I was at Dick's Sporting Goods. Like we just stopped there, like in the middle of the day after practices. And I look over, and Charles Woodson was at Dick's Sporting Goods. He had just walked in, and he's looking at like the cleats. 
I think what like he did is he wanted to go to Dick's to see what all the new cleats were and check them out before like having the Packers order them for him. But I was, was like, there though. He was there, and I was like, "That's Charles," and that's when he was kind of he had this aura around him that he was kind of a dick. You know, that first year under McCarthy, they didn't really get along well, and he was kind of mad a lot of the times. And you know, I was I was like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I should get his jersey, put it on, walk up, have him sign it, and then buy the jersey. And I kind of regret doing that, but I feel like that'd be kind of sleazy, anyways. Not like not like I'm one of those people who would sell any of the shit that I get uh, autographed. I still feel weird because I have so much old Packer shit that's autographed and I'm like I can't sell this shit I feel like a sleaze ball if I do that so now it's just in boxes and hopefully it'll be in a bar some sometime down the line but yeah uh this game again the Packers won 20 to 23 uh offense starting things off good stat Jordan Love leads the league in 30 plus yard passes with 18 bad stat he's still 29th in the NFL in completion percentage but if you just count his last three weeks, he's thrown at 64%, which would be good for like 16th, 17th, 18th in the league. So could be worse. Also bad stat. He has the second most picks in the league with 10, but Josh Allen has 12 and Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes each have nine. So it's like, eh, you know, it's not good, but other good guys are around there too. So I don't know. It's been a weird, like the first three games with Jordan Love, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. And then it was four bad games all in a row. They trended down so quickly, right? Yes. That was like the thing. They yes. trended down. We stayed down for a while, and now it's like... It's like a shit sandwich. A nice growth. Yeah, these last are, three games have been what we were looking for. Are you comparing Jordan Love to Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and Patrick Mahomes? No, I am. I'm. There's worse names you could pull up there, obviously, but it's like, that's bad, but also... These good guys are also bad, so I'm take, much can... more living. If I'm, a, I'm much more willing to live with Patrick Mahomes throwing nine interceptions if I'm a Chiefs fan than I am with Jordan Love throwing well, ten interceptions for the Packers. Yes, no shit. But I just, I just want to give context to everyone out there. Yes, bad, but not, not super, super bad. But yeah, Jordan Love, great game. We've talked about a bit already. That <laughs> the hit to Wicks for the big run and get us into you know scoring range to go ahead there in the fourth. That was great. The beautiful ball to Watson in the end zone. Dobbs for the touchdown too. He's moving in the pocket better. I think you know those four games where he kind of sucked. He was kind of you know getting a little gun shy there and taking a few sacks. I mean he took a bad sack in this game too. Um, and there still was, you know, the negatives that missed that deep throw to Dobbs was an underthrow. The Luke Musgrave one, which would have won Andrew his uh, bold prediction too. That would have just been fun to see if yeah. he could run eighty yards like untouched. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, he missed a couple short passes a little bit, didn't lead him great, and then he, like I said, took that bad sack, which pushed us back for that fifty-yard field goal attempt. But again, just very optimistic again, and this is. Probably the best game we've seen from him, especially, I mean, I know it was the Chargers and they don't have a great defense in general, but the offensive line did not play well, has not played as well as we thought they would have, and he had no run game. Like, he had literally A.J. Dillon, and that was it. They knew that was it, and he was still able to manage to, you know, get a fourth quarter comeback. So, very happy. Uh, What did you guys think? In general, like I, the offense was a lot of fun to watch. I enjoyed like the touch passes and stuff, like we talk about from week to week. Like 
he didn't hit them all, and the Musgrave one would have been freaking huge. And if he hits that one, I think I don't know that I have a lot of criticism for him, other than I mean, there was some drops and there was some just like throwaways into the ground because of pressure. But like, man, like he played well. And in general, I mean, I thought the offense like had a real spark, and they built on what they had last week, right? Like last week there was a spark there. This week. It was looking pretty – I mean, they were pretty efficient, actually. Um, man, the offense was I, – I had a lot of fun watching. Like, Jordan Love isn't Aaron Rodgers, but, like, man, he could be – like, if if we keep stacking the success, he could be a guy, right? Like, that's the way I feel after the game. I mean, just continue to see growth from him, right? I mean, two weeks in a row he set his career high for passing yards, this time over 300 yards for the first time in his career – um completion percentage continues to tick up like you talked about the other thing that i that i've been impressed with if is we've started to see more how do i want to say different types of throws right yeah. like this this week there was a throw i think it was to wicks he was scrambling to his left yes. which for a right-handed quarterback is one of the most difficult throws to make. And he flipped his hips all the way around and shot a dart in there to Wicks. Now, Wicks was wide open, so it wasn't as difficult of a throw as it should have been or could have been. But the angle of the throw was really hard. But he still he still made the throw, still found him on the run to his left. So there's, there's flashes, right? And that's just what I want to see. Continue to see those flashes, you know, and cut down on the interceptions and you know, start to stack success. And like you said, he might be a guy. He had that, he had that throw too, where he like sidearm threw it around Khalil Mack, who's rushing on him. But yeah, I, he does that a couple of times yeah. a game. It feels like Are you talking about the screen. Was that the screen pass, the tight end, the tight end screen? I don't remember exactly who but yeah, he, he does do to. that. Yeah. Like once a game. Yeah. And like you guys talked about, uh, and I know it's been talked about a lot in America now too, where we're in this trend, you know, transitioning we're in this transitional period and i agree i think there's a good chance that uh, jordan love is going to transition and be a guy um aaron jones aj dylan emmanuel wilson patrick taylor are the guys to talk about with running backs what an odd overall just place to yeah. be in um aj dylan he's still not good you know like we've all looked at the stats we know he had a 2.1 yards per carry but it was surprising to see that after the game because he has been running better you know and maybe it's just the passes you know he had the four receptions for 32 yards but he's finally running angry like and I'm not giving him praise like he's good I'm giving him praise like he's finally that He's looking like what we want a number two running back to be for this and offense. And you, you can see the effort at least. Yes. Not like he wasn't trying before, but it's he's not getting the trips. And it usually takes like three guys to bring him down at this point, which wasn't always the case earlier this year. Uh, Aaron Jones obviously got hurt. Man, did that look bad. We, we've talked all the time how he can absorb these hits. It's like he finally had a bad one. I mean, he came to the side. <laughs> he got carted off. It was pretty rough. I was like, oh, fuck. This is the last we've ever seen of Aaron Jones. Turns out just an MCL sprain. He came back to the sideline in the fourth quarter when like the staff kind of told him not to and he should stick in the locker room, but he said he wanted to be out there for his guys. I mean, once again, just like Wes Hodkowitz, who works for the Packers, said, like, we need to put a freaking statue up for Aaron Jones when he's done. Like, he's, and this is really dumb, and I'm 31 years old. I don't know everyone who's played for the Packers, but how many guys, and this is so lame, this is the Disney show again, how many people have 
been an example of what a Green Bay Packer is than Aaron Jones. It's like I think of Bart Starr and I think of Aaron Jones. You know, Bartellus Bennett. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fucking Pete lying piece of shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm very happy that he's he's not going to go on IR, which is wild too. So we'll see what happens. And then Emmanuel Wilson, three carries, twelve yards. Another just weird injury where you knew something got messed up in his shoulder. It was kind of, I was like, okay, okay, Emmanuel, it's your shoulder. Can you get up and can you move out of the way so this football game can keep going? But once again, that's me sitting at the hunting shack, wiping crumbs off my tummy (laughs) from the potato chips I'm eating. Um, So then with both those injuries now, we signed Patrick Taylor back to the active roster. A little surprised with that. He'll be on the 53 for at least three games because we poached him. Glad we're getting to see him again. He's always he's a uh, good friend of Jordan Love too, and I always liked what he brought to the team and special teams. But yes, running backs. I, I don't know if, what you guys have to add. Patrick there. Taylor's coming from the Patriots practice squad, correct? Is that yep? Okay. Yep. Um, I in general, yeah. Aaron Jones he, again. He wasn't. I mean, he wasn't really doing much on the ground similar to last week. It was felt like they were very like whenever he was in, there was no lanes to run in. Um, and it was almost like an A.J. Dillon, if you were to have a feature game for him, this would have been it, where it's like he was running hard, he was breaking tackles, he was getting into the second level, but like through arm tackles and moving guys and stuff like that, like this is peak, this is what we need from A.J. Dillon, week in and week out. If we had this every week, that would have been a legit tandem this year of like Aaron but- Jones and A.J. Dillon, like you don't need him to do everything. He's the number two, right? And he's not he's a power number two. He's not a he's not a gadgety back, right? So he's not gonna pick you up a bunch of yards. He's not a receiving back. Yeah, it's a but power bottom. He's a power well, okay. He's a, <laughs> he's a power back. And like he's running hard. And like that is my like I'm not here to have him. He's not gonna be the feature back and get a ton of yards, but like just Give me the effort on third and one. Give me the effort yeah. on third and two and like get those yards. And like if you're doing that and like occasionally break it out and have, you know, 10 yards, great, right? Like that's all we need out of him. What is the so Spencer, like you, when Jones got hurt and saw him on the cart with the towel over his head, my first thought was that's the last we're going to see of Aaron Jones in a Packers uniform. So. To hear that he's kind of week to week, he's going to miss the game against Detroit on Thursday, not unexpected at all. But week to week tells me like we might, you know, just continue to carry him on the roster, not even put him on the short term IR, which makes me feel a lot better. Matt, Matt said today that he does not expect to put them on, put him on the IR. What's the status of Wilson? They they didn't really talk about that today in the presser, from what I remember. Well, the the injury report's terrible. You know, there's 17 yeah. guys on the injury the reports. I, <laughs> I I don't think he's going to play this week. But that the, once again, the fact that we haven't had like multiple week news right now makes me think that he'll be back sooner rather than later. No news and is I, always good I, news. I was not expecting Wilson to play either, just given that we poached Taylor off of the Patriots practice squad, like you said, but we also signed another running back to the practice squad this week. Yes, we did bring James Robinson back, and we had previously already had some high tower guys. So now we have two practice squad running backs, the three guys we already had on the active roster, and Patrick Taylor, who's on the active roster. I guess I wouldn't be surprised if Emmanuel Wilson does get thrown onto the IR just because well, you have I'm, Patrick Taylor now. 
I'm reading just some Rotowire stuff, and oh, the good. way everything is worded in there, it just, for what it's worth, they're assuming an increased role for him. <laughs> for what that's worth. I have no idea. For yeah. Wilson? For Wilson. Interesting. Okay, I, I know more than fucking Rotowire when it oh. comes to the Packers. Um, yeah, and Patrick Taylor, too. Kind of, su- I was a little surprised they brought him back. I, I do think the fact that Dallin Levitt, who got cut... I think it was bad timing because LaFleur said today that him getting cut had nothing to do with him yelling at him. Which, oh, okay. Which okay, I, sure. Which I'm kind of like, well, I like that he got cut after he yelled at him. Like, you're kind of, once again, what we I don't understand for, why he, he backs away from doing, like, football guy stuff. Well, like, I feel like he's doing some football guy stuff, but when any of the, anybody questions him, he's like, no. Well, like, I... I do think he was being honest, and I don't think he wanted to trash Dallin Levitt, who is now looking for a job. Because even Rich Bisaccia today said how Levitt was the guy who kind of changed the culture of playing special teams with the Packers the last year. Now, I don't know how much he's changed the culture. It's not like our teams are that much better, but Levitt was always Rich's guy. So, But either way, that... Getting rid of Levitt also opens up Patrick Taylor because he plays a lot of protection units on special teams, which Levitt does as well. Here's here's my take on that, and then we can move on. I'm not going to pretend that Levitt wasn't cut solely because of you know that penalty on Sunday. I feel like any time that you need to make a move to bring somebody onto the active roster, in this case Patrick Taylor, you have a list of you know four or five guys, right? that are on the fringe that you're prepared to release depending on who you need to bring in. I think that that penalty on Sunday played a role in that and made him a little bit more expendable. It could have, but at the same time, Darnell Savage came off the IR today too. Maybe he'll play. He's a safety. I just think Levitt's role was just strictly special teams and bringing in Patrick Taylor, who's been a, it's funny to say who's been a contributor on this team when he was on a different team, but you know he'll he'll probably be one of the leaders in special team snaps. He's here played special teams before. Yep. Do you know who I was kind of thinking may have an increased role in the running game is going to be Jaden Reed. He was impressive on Sunday. It's possible. We'll see. He is more of the fast. Tyler, more of the Tyler Irvin type role, right? Where it's like it's like motions and stuff like that, but like getting him you know out in space, and maybe it's more of a screen game type thing. Who knows? But like supplement the running game with the screen game and the wide receivers well yes. it's just going to open well, up so much more like i think we gave it to him just about every time he came in came in motion on that action all of a sudden we can fake it to him i mean we want to throw a reverse in there who knows speaking of the pass catchers yes reed wicks dobbs watson um, again, like like I said off the top, this is kind of what we were hoping for with the young receivers. And yeah, like we were saying, there, Reed was the leading rusher with 46 yards on three carries. Obviously, the uh, nice little sweep touchdown that he had right. with a nice block from uh, it was Malik Heath. And was it uh, was it Tucker Craft or was it Musgrave? Musgrave. Okay, yeah. right in line there. So that was very cool to see. Tay Wicks, I mean, again, three receptions, 91 yards. Each one of those receptions were for over 25 or 30 yards, I believe. There was some stat about that. They were chunks. Yeah. And just, it seems like he's always wide open, too. Well, with him, it's like you're saying, when I think of, like right now, I close my eyes, think of Wicks catching the ball. He's stopped. He's stopped looking, like, for the ball. You know, that's like half of his catches. Does anybody else, who do you? 
if you were, it, does any he remind you of anybody else? Like not size or anything, but like the way he sits down in the hole reminds me of Randall Cobb. Oh. Like when Aaron Rodgers needed somebody and it was off script, it was like Cobb would always find the soft spot in the zone. It's like every time he throws a ball and Wicks catches it, he's like, "There's nobody around him." And it's like he just then you watch the replay. It's like, oh, he sat in the perfect spot. He just has like a skill for that. I don't know. It's it's fun to see. The other thing I've noticed with him is he's really good after the catch, like yeah. bouncing off guys. What? And what? Maybe, when did you see that? <laughs> maybe maybe he got hurt on on the one Spencer, Granted, but it that guy got an F for the tackle <laughs> on that one hit. It just laid no there. rap, no <laughs> yeah. rap. But I mean, you want to talk about comparisons? Like we're gonna go. A little bit further back than Randall Cobb, but what about Donald Driver? Like he was I've, always I've been, so good. I've after the said catch. it all year. He's Donald Driver. He looks after the like catch, him. Yes. He's kind of skinny, like him too. He catches first downs, but yes, I, I love uh, Wicks. Um, Romeo Dobbs. He had a few catches. I think five receptions. Had that beautiful touchdown too. What such a cool like. Yes. Caught it and then like whipped it away and like yes. you see in the replay how there I'm was glad the potential. You said that it could have got smacked out. It's like. You know, the Romeo Dobbs strong hands that people have talked about and to just, I don't, I've never seen such a violent, like, keep away on it's, a catch it's like just, that. It's a, just a veteran play on the ball to protect the ball and come down with it. And that, that seems good. to, that's like the one thing. It's like all of these receivers have the different roles. Reed is kind of like that, you know, gadget player. Wicks is, I don't know, like an intermediate big play guy. Like he, he gets those chunk plays, but not a deep threat, you know, like he's the first down guy. And then Christian Watson just, you know, streaking down the field. And Watson obviously had the touchdown. Um, he had that false start, which I felt bad about because immediately I'm like, Jesus Christ, Christian. And then you watch the replay and it's like, it was such a small movement. It's so dumb. Such a fucking stupid. It, like if the charger DB didn't point at him, there's no way the ref was going to throw. The ref flag. did not throw the flag until the DB was pointing at him. Mm -hmm. And Watson obviously scored the touchdown on the play that I'm sure a lot of people have heard by now was drawn up on the sideline. Um, oh, really? Yep. Jordan Love gave um, Matt LaFleur the credit, Matt LaFleur, of course, gave someone else the credit, uh, John Dunn, the tight end coach. But something that was talked about, too, in the presser with Adam Stenovich, the offensive coordinator this week, and it's something we've talked about in the past, how earlier this year they talked about how they could only run like so many plays, like plays that they've ran in the past. And he, some reporter asked a question, Eventually, what it got to is they couldn't have drawn plays on the sideline like this a few weeks ago because the guys just didn't have a full grasp of the offense. So seeing that again or seeing that on Sunday or hearing about it is, once again, another great thing to hear about this, you know, learning offense who's getting better and better. Uh, Watson, the other thing, too, that I liked, you know, he's obviously been criticized quite a bit by a lot of fans lately. Catches the ball, immediately runs to do the Lambo leap. No hesitation at all. And for some reason, that like light red flannel fan, like I just remember him immediately. And he's just like immediately just patting him and just looking right at Watson, giving him words of encouragement. There was a different uh, video close up. And all the dude was saying was, let's go, let's go, let's go. I, I was like, I was wondering if he was saying something else, but I'll, I'll take that. I, as Nagler said too, that guy was a hero for... Slapping him like that on the Lambo leap. I mean, if Christian Watson were to jump into your lap in the front row of Lambo, what realistically would you say to him? I I don't know. I was I would like throw great an job. F word in between. 
Yeah. That's probably what I would do. Yeah, maybe yeah. a fuck yeah, I, great job. All, all I know is go, I'm not I'm not giving him any words of wisdom. True. True. Because, because anybody tell, that listens tell to your this family podcast. To <laughs> that would be funny. I, anybody I guess, that listens to this podcast knows that I don't have any of those. I haven't thought, um, or I, I wouldn't think about what I'd say. For me, if I was ever part of a Lambo Leap, I'm slapping them and saying whatever. I'm looking out and I'm trying to find a camera so that I get that still that I am blowing up in a picture and putting somewhere on my wall. Yes. Yeah. I got to think of the branding for for myself. Uh, The other receiver to talk about, Malik Heath, finally got his first career catch. I don't think I've ever seen someone visibly so happy to get their first catch. Like It looked like he wanted to keep the ball running on the sideline. Like He didn't want to come off the f- or go back on the field. He just held on to it. Also had, like I said, the great block on the read touchdown, and he plays special teams, which is what I'd been begging for earlier this year when Ture was, you know, dressing up instead of him. It's like Malik Heath can block. He's a big guy. He can play special teams. I don't think Ture needs to be on this roster, but for this week, he might have to for how many guys are banged up. Props to him, too. I don't know if you guys saw the tweets, but he had a couple different assists on uh, in the uh, the pass protection game where he was chipping guys coming off the line. He actually oh, yeah? completed uh, would be the right defensive end, whoever that was, because I think Bosa was out. Bosa That's got right. hurt early. So I don't know who it would have been and maybe he's left side anyway but anyways he had some nice he's a good blocker right he's a tough he seems Mm -hmm. like a tough physical guy props to him when you can't get catches you know be involved in a different way agreed yes i uh god what else was i gonna say about him fuck i don't remember i'm so sorry but yes either way i i wonder i wonder if uh once we get healthy if we're going to cut samari ture at this point but we'll just see a tight end Luke Musgrave, like we talked about, four receptions, 28 yards. Wish Love hit him on that one deep one down the sideline there. Uh, and, yeah, that came out today that he's hurt. Did you guys see this? Lacerated the... a kidney? Lacerated kidney. Yeah, he landed but on he... the ball weird. But I didn't take anatomy, and if I would have, I probably wouldn't have done very well. But your kidneys are on the back of your body, right? Well, maybe if he fell on his Did tummy... you watch the play? Uh, I did again. I didn't think. I watched it again, and the ball's well, like, like under his like like at his rib, bottom of his rib rib line, like when he hits right, the ground. Right. So all of your internal organs are moving around and getting jostled. So yeah. But your kidneys are like on the back, aren't they? Right. So know. maybe the the. But if your back is bending, yeah, pushes your kidneys <laughs> stretching into your it out back of your rib cage we'll or spinal know. cord. Yeah. La- laceration is an awfully long word that <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't that- use anyway. <laughs> And that means that's like when you get stabbed with a knife. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what's weird because it's like laceration is a word. You know, like that's very extreme. I wonder how bad it actually is. I've seen it's anywhere. Like bruise, from like, bruise would be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, he plays football. Laceration is like you were in a bar fight and somebody pulled out a knife. Well, it's like the opposite of turf toe. You know, players are pissed that turf toe has the name it is because it's actually like, you know, a tendon or whatever in your toe. That's like you basically have a sprained foot and it's such a like goofy name of a very serious injury. But yes, anyways, he so he <laughs> and he's such a fucking hard ass, too. So a couple weeks ago, they didn't think he was going to play against Denver with his ankle injury. But he practiced the last practice of the week and he played. And Matt LaFleur was very happy and talked about that a couple times, how proud he was or whatever for him for playing and then in this game that play happens he didn't tell anyone and he kept playing 
And then it wasn't until after the game where he talked to Flea or whoever on the uh, medical staff, because I assume he was pissing blood, and then he had to go to the hospital. He spent the night at the hospital. So <laughs> we didn't find out about it until today. It, it's funny because I really, and this is dumb, but it's kind of the stuff where Matt doesn't like talking about injuries during the pressers. If Rob Domofsky, who asked the question, didn't ask that question in the presser today, you'd almost have a f- another day of that advantage of not having to prepare for Musgrave because now they know he's not going to play. You know, obviously he was on the injury report, but who isn't on the fucking injury report this week? Literally. So it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, Billy got something. I sorry, I just did a Google search for lacerated kidney. The first result, and it's highlighted when you Google this, a kidney laceration is an injury in which a tear in the kidney tissue might lead to bleeding or leaking of urine into the abdominal cavity. That does not sound good at all. That sounds actually horrible. That dude finished a football game with that injury. Much much tough SOB. Much tougher than me and tougher than Jair Alexander. Uh, Tucker, Are you going to talk about Tucker Craft? T- Tucker Craft, two catches, 32 Almost yards. A touchdown. Was toes with away from scoring his first oh. touchdown and hurdling that dude. He did do a Lambo leap, which was pretty cool. And I don't know if you remember, but my bold prediction was him scoring a touchdown. So it was very, very close. Inches I away. was like, my thought after that was like, I don't know if I've seen that athletic of a play since. I'm literally thinking like a Jermichael Finley play, like where it's like, it's yeah. like, oh my God, he hurdled that guy. Oh my God, he's in, ba-. like he wasn't in bounds, but like, oh, he's, he stiff armed the guy or whatever it was. And then he hurdled the guy. And then it was like, oh my God, he's going to score a touchdown. Like that was super athletic. Big dog hurdled a guy like three years ago. That was okay, about the closest thing. But that was fair. That's a massive dude. Guy. And that was in the middle of the field. That was pretty impressive. Apples and oranges because like the way tougher Tucker Craft moved, it's like, it's a different type of athlete. Like that's like a, a Jermichael Finley esque like play, I guess is more like what I was getting out of like, Oh, like he can kind of beat anybody down the sideline. That was really encouraging. Cause I've been thinking of him as like, I know he's a rookie, but like, he's kind of a Jag this year. I mean, <laughs> to be nice. I don't know. He was very slow to start the year, but like I said last week, he had 50% of the snaps, and that's been going up. But like you're saying, we haven't seen a ton from him. We've only had like three catches before this for like five yards. But on this one play, you know, he broke multiple tackles, jumped over a dude. So it's like, ah, this is what we expected from Tucker Bell when we took him in the third round. Yeah. Um, Then also, Josiah DeGuara got hurt. He only had one snap uh, in this game. So I think... Uh, along with the running backs being hurt, I think we're going to get Henry Pearson on Thursday. I really hope. Oh, we probably will. <laughs> that will make my Thanksgiving. And as, a lot, and as long as the offense has a couple bright moments, if Henry Pearson plays on Thursday, I will be I will be very happy. Um, ben Sims, you have we can low expect. standards for your uh, Thanksgiving, getting a guy off of the practice squad. It's, it's a rebuild year. You know, I don't – and like we kind of talked about beforehand, we'll talk about the, in the preview with the Lions game, but – with how many guys we have banged up, the Lions, who they are, I know they're coming off kind of a not-so-great week last week, but I don't have very high hopes for walking into Detroit on a short week and winning that game. Um, offensive line, I it's to the point where, God, we really thought this was going to be a strength for this team, but this was not a good game from the offensive line. Yash and Walker were splitting that left tackle Neither really played that well. I guess Walker graded out really well pass blocking, 
But at this point, it's like, you know, like with the quarterbacks, if you got two of them, you don't really have one of them. Um, and then again, with fucking Runyon and Ryan, and I was, I got off the I hate Myers the most to I hate Runyon the most bandwagon pretty good like two weeks ago. Because, man, you watch Runyon, and he is just not good. And once again, Ryan comes in, he they rotated, and Ryan only got one series. But once again, they ran the ball well on that series. They scored a touchdown. He's two for two touchdowns on his drives this year. But for whatever reason, they got to keep giving Runyon that starting spot on the right guards position, whatever. But uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on the offensive line. Not really. I like to Good. see more Sean. Yes, yes. And I hate it now, too, because now that we've been talking about it, it's like, I got confused on Sunday reading tweets because Runyon and Ryan are very similar looking last names, but I guess reading shouldn't be that difficult either. Yeah. Oh. The, on- the only thing I would add is, I mean, the offensive line didn't have a great day, but how bad would it have been if Bosa had played the entire day? Because he, yeah. he went out on like yeah. the first series, I think. It was early. Yeah, that is a good point. And I was a little surprised. I think he only sprained his foot. You know, he was on the sideline. I guess that was a good... Uh, think that like that a, was another one where it looked like it was yeah. going to be really bad. It was like one of those like half non-contact, but like a knee injury, and you're like, oh, he tore his ACL. There was a lot. That was like the most injuries I can remember at Lambeau in quite some time. It was like every five, ten minutes there was someone getting banged up, and they had like an injury timeout. Makes you wonder if they're going to go back to turf because it's safer. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and with that, uh, a quick commercial break. And we are back with the defense. The defense, not good, I would say. I would say, I can't remember a time going up against another team that had so many just knucklehead plays. I mean, we talked about some of those drops. I mean, Herbert, we talked about going into it too. I was like, this is kind of the year. It's like, is Herbert the guy? Is Herbert good? Yep. Incredibly impressed with him after that game. Like he he was like Tim Tebow trying to carry that team, like the Gators back in college or something, where he was just running. I mean, he was their leading rusher. I think he had seventy five yards. Those Gators teams yeah. had an awful lot of talent on them too. That's not really fair to Tebow. In my dumb Tebow was the weak spot. Exactly. Okay. 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 In my dumb brain, I'm thinking like how much shit is on his jersey after the game and. He had a lot of shit on his jersey after the game, like Tebow did, and those whatever. It's dumb. I understand. It's dumb. Um, but yeah, not great. I mean, it was twenty points that they gave up, which is okay. But there was just, I mean, after the game, Lafleur gave Joe Barry credit for playing cover one that late because he was like, you know, I, I don't know if I would have done that, but it was a smart move to do that to like have more guys in zone against Herbert, and then it's like Matt. Do, do you remember the drop? Do you think that was so here, good defense? Here's the thing. Like, how many of those drops directly would have been touchdowns? At least three of them. <laughs> right. Keenan Allen had two of them right on the goal yeah. line that led to field goals. <laughs> yeah. Quentin Johnson had one where if he catches that ball, it undoes literally everything else the defense did in this game and we are screaming right now for Joe Barry's head and then we get lucky as hell inside of the 10 yard line going back to the cleats when Eckler slips fumbles the ball Mm -hmm. and we recover we get bailed out again it's like Joe Barry literally caused none of that Joe Barry should be sending uh Staley and the whole team some fruit baskets well, God, that's the thing, too. I forgot about that to bring it up with Jordan Love. One of the things that Jordan Love said either after the game or in his weekly 
uh, whatever availability that what really helped him on Sunday was going up a defense up against a defense that is similar to our defense, which is true because Staley was from the Rams, you know, or sorry, Joe Barry's off the Staley tree. It's like, yeah, you're going up against it and seeing Chargers fans on Twitter, bitch about the same things we bitch about. It's like, oh, fucking it. Like, I, I don't know. It's not that it <laughs> so could be wait, worse, but this so is, is like the that mastermind. The scheme? That's the scheme is just bad. The scheme is keep everything in front of you and don't give up big plays and hope that the offense makes a mistake. That's what it is, which is so. And that, even so, like that, that's, that's a like, general defensive idea. But like, bleh, that's like that's not what Joe Barry does. 70s defense strategy well, in the NFL. I disagree because that's what has kind of changed the NFL these last two years. Scoring is down quite a bit, and it's because everyone's playing this cover two shell out there and there aren't nearly as big of plays anymore as there used to be back in the day you know when, when you think of like watching the game and you get an update how often is there like an 80 yard bomb or 60 yard bomb like it doesn't happen as often as it used to back in the day because everyone's just playing those safeties so far back but i don't know it, it's annoying either way um but the actual players in this game the front seven i thought kenny Played well again, forced that fumble on Eckler. Once again, it's like if if you fumble or slip, you have a much higher chance of fumbling. It was like Rippin, you know, two weeks ago where he fumbled the one snap and then he fumbled it again. We ended up getting it. Uh, Carl Brooks, another sack. It's weird and you can't really compare guys, but for him to be as productive as he is and then LVN not showing up as much. But either way, I'm not going to complain. I I, not like I think Elvian's a bust or anything, but it's nice to see Carl Brooks performing. Rashawn Gary had the sack. Preston Smith, Smith played all right as well. Quay was okay. I liked late in the game, finally, when we were spying Herbert, how we like cut him off when the Chargers were going from left to right, and Quay like kept him inside. That was a huge play because if, if he would have got outside, he would have picked up that first and probably would have kept running too, but can't complain too much. I'm happy enough with the players i hate joe barry i did like uh seeing rashawn gary on the sideline with the uh smelling salt in his mouth and it looked kind of like a cigarette <laughs> you see that stupid picture i put out on twitter have, yesterday have you guys ever smelled smelling salts yes kyle and i used to do it before the podcast i cannot imagine putting a smelling salts in my mouth <laughs> i assume it's like the hard plastic part on the outside and he didn't break it okay. yet okay because it reeks of ammonia yeah, it. I mean, it just it, cannot. I don't need. What would it taste like? I have no idea. Ew. Probably not. I'm just. I'm good. just. I don't know. I've never had one of those. I've never ate one. I have no idea what it tastes like. Yeah, but any any thoughts any, on the big boys on defense? I did like. It just is fun watching Preston. I know he's not like an amazing pass rusher or whatever, but it's like it's fun watching when they run the ball his way and his ability to like string a play out when it's off tackle, and like just watch his ability to like. In the run game, control the edge and stuff like that is fun. I thought Lucas Van Ness played an okay game, but it turned out I think the grading wasn't great for him. But I saw a couple flashes of him where like he was doing his best JJ Anagbari and impression and running down the sidelines when he's unblocked. <laughs> you know, kind of like that read, almost like a, it looks like a read almost, but they just leave the weak side unblocked. He had a nice tackle on that. Um, and then it was fun too. I don't know if you guys noticed, but watching, I think. Um, Rashawn stood up a couple times and actually walked inside. I don't know if you guys mm. saw that or not. I did it was not notice. cool to see that. It didn't really pan out to be anything. <laughs> um, but I like seeing the idea of moving him. It was actually him and Quay switched spots, the one I'm thinking of, too. And Quay kind of came off the edge. But, yeah, I don't know. It was a 
I like I, I like the things that we're seeing. It's more on the back end to in the secondary that I it feels like we're lost and granted there's I mean, not a lot of bodies back there. Yeah. The the one thing I've noticed on Lucas Van Ness, and I know that I, I said this at the beginning of the year was he's really raw. Yeah. But the one thing that we are seeing from him is hustle, which you, you can't coach hustle. So I appreciate, I mean, there was one where he crashed off the edge and like chased the dude through the hole off the right <laughs> side and made the tackle like four yards downfield. It's like, it'd really be nice if somebody else was there to make the tackle because that's not his play to make, but he made it and it, could have been a hell of a lot worse if that had been somebody else trying to chase off the edge there. So I appreciate that out of him. I would like to see more. Like, I don't know. I He made that play in week one where he chased down Justin Fields and got the sack and it was like, ooh, okay. But I don't know that I've seen any other plays from him where it's like, he, oh, okay. He did have a play this week. Uh, it would have been on the broadcast. It would have been bottom of the yes. screen where he escorted somebody out of bounds pretty aggressively. I it might have been Austin Eckler. That's the thing Kelly. I'm remembering too. Yes. But he wasn't the initial guy in the play. He kind of like missed on his rush and looped around. And like it's the hustle like you're talking about that he got there. And like he he's big, fast and strong. Like there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I and I think he'll still be a good player. I think his, you know, his progress is just slowly going up. But I agree with you, Billy. It isn't it isn't a good thing when the uh, the best play you can think of him doing is from the first game of the year. Moving on to the secondary. Um, this is a compliment. Uh, I. Watching the game on one of those plays where the running back busted outside and was immediately swarmed, I thought it was Keyshawn Nixon. It was J.J. Enigbare, like the five on the right side just screwed me up and how he just went in there. But it's like Keyshawn Nixon, he's been, I think we said it last week, he's been like the poor man's Razul Douglas since he's left where he's just getting his nose in all these plays. Um, I thought both Valentine and Ballantyne held up pretty well, you know, again. It's obviously there was a, those couple plays where there was someone like wide open. So I don't remember exactly whose responsibility those ones were. I think it's more of the safeties who are fucking up, it seems like. But uh, I do have a question for you guys, and we might have hinted at it last week, too. What do we think of Carrington Valentine celebrating after plays? Because we're like three games, four games into this era, and he celebrates after fucking everything. It's so. I think if we had like a really good defense, I would be a little bit annoyed by it. <laughs> Our defense like isn't very good, and so like you kind of need somebody to be like to like get everybody up, right? Uh -huh. And like it's a little bit artificial because it's not really like warranted. But at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, I don't like normally. I feel like I wouldn't really love it, but I kind of like it. If that makes sense, like in the situation that our team is in, I kind of like it. That makes sense. I don't mind celebrating. It's just there needs to be something worth celebrating. Like, You're not wrong. If, if true, if you give up a reception and you make a tackle for an eight-yard gain on a you know second and twelve, not not really anything worth celebrating. If you try to undercut a route and miss the ball completely and the dude drops it, don't celebrate that. You didn't do anything. 
But I, you know, if you if you plaster a guy on the sideline and knock the ball away or make a good physical tackle for a two yard gain, like absolutely go nuts. Can we give him like a rookie pass? I think like, that's it's fine, fine this year. Next year, yeah. maybe maybe we tone it down. It's going to be interesting when he's playing with Jair because they might both be doing it. And like right now, like you said, Todd, I agree, it's fine. But it's like if we're if we're losing and he like jumps up and do- does it, and it was just like a drop ball, I'm gonna be like, dude, <laughs> come on. But yeah, I guess for right now, I uh, I'm fine with it. But he ha- he had three deflected passes on Sunday, so yeah, he had a nice game. He had four tackles in in run support, so. But I know there was at least one of those where he was in coverage and the guy just dropped it and he like he celebrated. He was, then there was a different one where he dropped it and I did see him not celebrate, which I'm like, okay, I'm glad he didn't on that one because he didn't do anything. But he was in coverage on that last one to Johnston down the sideline. That's what late. I thought. Okay. And yeah. the thing yeah. with that drop is like the Keenan Allen ones were just like just off his hands or whatever. That one, like it seemed like he bobbled it and like punted it off his knee or something out of bounds. Like that was a brutal drop. <laughs> and so Jair Alexander, we talked a little bit about him there. I was even thinking about having this for take news, but I don't think it, there's too much to talk about, but I just want to run through this quick. I'm pretty sure this is what's going on with Jair from everything that I've heard from all of my sources. So injured his shoulder whenever before the Rams game. Plays in the Rams game, okay? Did not play in the Steelers game. You know, he didn't practice at all that week going into the Steelers game. Last week, Wildy said that someone from Jair's camp said that Jair shouldn't have played with that shoulder injury against the Rams. Okay, so and it, I don't want to say it makes sense, but players are different today than they were way back in the day where, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, obviously stay healthy, but I don't want to say make their money, but that's obviously a big part of it. But also, I think they do hold themselves to a very high standard of their play, especially someone like Jair only wants to be out there when he's at his best. So anyways, LaFleur has been super pissed. Anytime Jair's name comes up in these pressers, he's so short with the media. He says, oh, well, you know, we have to determine that with the medical staff and the player. Like he's not using his name and it's shit like that. And he's kind of weird about it like he was with David Bakhtiari, which I believe, and I might have said this on here before too. I think David could have played through this injury, but he wanted to get the surgery done because he knows he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. And it sounds like it's the exact same thing he said he had last year. He just doesn't want to deal with his knee filling up with that fluid. Now I, it's not a fun thing to talk about, but I truly believe that's why Matt was pissed off about it. And he didn't talk about it. He said, you're going to have to talk to Dave about his injury. And why one of the things Dave didn't talk about was the actual surgery he was going to get you know all the people in the media were like he was so open he talked to us for half an hour the one thing he wouldn't say is what the surgery is that he's getting which i would assume would reveal that it's something he probably could have waited on anyways so back to jair lafleur is pissed about it blah 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 then this week right before kickoff schneidman reported that jair was expected to play and then he didn't. Half an hour later, comes out, he's not playing. So I think there's some weird shit going on where maybe someone from the Packers fed to Schneidman that he they expected him to play. He didn't play. I think the team wants him to play, and Jair doesn't feel like he's at 100%, and that's why he isn't playing. I don't think he 
there's anything more to talk about there. That's just what I'm 90% sure what's going on with that. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty, pretty confident in that. Um, you I'll got be interested there, to see if, if he doesn't play on Thursday, which I struggle to believe that he will after not playing each of the last two games, and then this is a short week. But if we turn around when we go to play the Chiefs on that first Sunday in December and he doesn't suit up or he's still questionable, then I think it's worth a, a longer conversation. That'll be interesting too because that's a Sunday night game and I would think he's going to play, especially with you know the Thursday game. If he doesn't play, that is a little extra time too, I guess, to get right. healthy. Um, secondary again, wrapping it up. I'm done with Jonathan Owens. That tackle attempt playing patty cake was that so was fucking pathetic. bad. So fucking patty. bad. Finally played a good quarterback. And what do you know? They found the weakness in the secondary. To, uh, to Stone Smart. Who in the world <laughs> is Stone Smart? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sure he's a very nice guy, but he is he's Smart not guy. a viable NFL tight end. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Rudy Ford again. He It looks like he was like limited. Hopefully he'll be able to play. And Darnell Savage was taken off IR. Either way, again, in this rebuild year, if you're going to play someone, just fucking play Anthony Johnson Jr. He seems to really like football. I liked, uh, you know, how he had that Carrington Valentine run game clip a couple weeks ago where he just took himself out of the play. Anthony Johnson Jr. just fucking runs dudes over, like just trying to affect the play. So I like that. Um, Yeah, that's it on the defense. Special teams, Anders missed that extra point and the 52-yarder. That sucked, and we talked about Dallin Levitt getting cut and all that shit. So I don't know if you guys have anything to add there. I do, actually. Uh, late in the game, oh. after we, uh, I think it was our last possession, we went three and out or whatever, Daniel Whelan, like, from the end zone, a 61-yard punt. And oh, then, really? Yeah. I didn't realize it was that far. And then yeah, Zane Anderson, one. like, picked through traffic and made the hit on the return for, like, a six-yard return. So a 55-yard net on that punt. So that was really good to see hey, after that... after I had expressed yep. doubts a couple of weeks ago about <laughs> Daniel Whelan's net. So maybe maybe I lit a fire under the special teams. I told you the net isn't actually that bad because it's if you get rid of the punt return touchdown against the Saints, I would bet Whelan's in the top five for net punting this year. Which, oh, oh, if you get rid of the worst play that the special teams has given up all year, our stats are better. If but, you get rid of that long touchdown pass to Sone Smart, Jonathan Owens looks better this week. Sure, but I mean, if it's what we have right now is what matters. What we have right now is better than what happened fucking two months ago, you know. Um, yeah, shit, that's it. Uh, take news. Football time. <laughs> Take news. Okay, take news for the week. Quarterback talk. You know, who do you love? Jordan Love is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, if you guys forgot. He's looked pretty good this week, this past week, the last three weeks, I guess. A little bit of a shit sandwich where he had that lull in the middle, but outside of that, he's been okay. He's been, you know, if I could have what we've gotten from Jordan Love or something else completely, you know, we start the season over, we don't know what he is, whatever, random, I will take what we've gotten so far. But, again, the roller coaster season that we're having, where two weeks ago I'm like, eh, you know, Caleb Williams, eh, the UNC. What's the UNC's guy? What's Drake May. Drake May, yeah. And, God, that LSU quarterback, he's looked pretty good lately too, huh? 
Jay Daniels, yeah. Doesn't matter. I don't think I don't think we're we're gonna be looking for a quarterback in the next year or two, maybe something late. I don't know. But when you look at the NFC right now, how many quarterbacks in the NFC would you rather have than Jordan Love? So off the top, there's one for sure, and that's Jalen. Just today, or f- to build a team, we can do both. But because those are two totally different conversations, I would and say, are we, are we talking regular starters like Kirk Cousins, or are we comparing him to Josh Dobbs? I would say we can do. <laughs> Let's do whoever's anybody. Well, I mean, Josh Dobbs. Let's do anybody. We can do anybody, but for right now, what I would start with is what we're doing right now. We're in a rebuild. Who do you want to build around? And for me, there's really like one, and that's Jalen Hurts, maybe Brock Purdy, but Brock Purdy's kind of like... I was going to say, it's it's a little bit of like, is he a product of the offense, Mm -hmm. but also like he's got a decent amount of yard. His completion percentage is really good. He has a lot of weapons. He's got the highest pass rating in the NFL. I think Brock, you got to put Brock Purdy up there, right? Just based on what he's done and... You can't knock him, right? right? Like It's like he was a seventh-round pick for a reason, but what he has produced even as a seventh-round pick, it just doesn't happen. So then it's back to, okay, Hurts, maybe Purdy, and then it's like Dak Prescott, who's having a decent season, and then maybe Kyler Murray. I don't really like Kyler Murray. I think uh, he's a shithead. I, I don't... I don't like Kyler Murray. On top at all. of that, I think he's kind of fragile, but it's like it it's legitimately right now the only <laughs> this is so bad. This is all going to age terribly. The only quarterback in the NFC right now that I would rather have is probably Jalen Hurts. And I don't even love Hurts. I would almost say that the wow. second that the second best quarterback in the NFC right now or who I would potentially take over love is whoever the Chicago Bears are going to end up drafting next year you know what i mean as far as long-term quarterbacks in the nfc which goes back to what i've bitched about where if we had built around aaron Rodgers instead of drafting jordan love last year and this year like it's so fucking wide open in the nfc but what what are you thinking here billy so i guess it depends on what you consider long term right because if i'm just talking about next season I mean, I would take Jalen Hurts over him easily. Mm, I, would, sure. I would take Brock Purdy over him. I would take mm. Dak Prescott over him easily. Dak, Dak Prescott is only 30. So He's long term, like Dak Prescott is still going to be a solid quarterback in this league five years from now. But if you're looking you know, out to 10 years from now, like, do you want but, Dak Prescott plus replacement or do you want Jordan Love potentially? So, would you take Dak? So, a brand new con, like new contract today, right? That's the way I look at it. It's like if you're talking building a team, it's almost like everybody gets a new contract today and you got to build around them for five years. I don't know that Dak has a ceiling. I don't want Dak. Dak wasn't very good last year. He's been There's pretty not, good this year, but he he does have good stats. It's weird because you got to surround him with a lot of talent. And I just feel like there's no. And when I talk about ceiling too, like he, I don't, he's not, he's a guy who's like, I don't think he can take over a game. Like mm-hmm. he can that's, put up a lot of yards. Fair. It's like a, yeah. it's like the Kirk Cousins identity where it's like, but we haven't seen you, Jordan Love take over a game either. A hundred percent. He hasn't. 
the unknown gives him, in my opinion, more upside than like the Dak. And I'm only saying that in like when Dak goes up against a good defense, or when or like when Kirk goes up against and he has trouble, like he can't like take. They have a hard time taking over a game. You look at obviously Kirk's infamous record in prime time and like being able to do that. That's he's a, a little. He was thing. a little bit better this year. He's been better this year for sure. And like I actually think Kirk's been playing really well. In general, though, like over his time, like I don't think he's a guy that like you can be like, okay, like Kirk's Kirk's gonna walk out there and he's gonna take over and we're just gonna dish the ball and like dismantle this team. Like that's not really what you're looking at. And maybe Jordan Love will never be that either. But like the growth we've seen just over the past couple weeks, I at least feel a little bit optimistic in the fact that like his ceiling is still there. What we thought it was prior to this year like his ceiling could still be high so i think your definition of somebody that's going to come in and take over a game i mean that's elite that's an elite quarterback that's a mahomes that's a josh allen joe burrow jalen hurts but even I there's mean, other guys Dak, that aren't... Dak is an elite i don't think jordan love has an elite ceiling like after jalen hurts he, defi- I don't he think... definitely could be Jordan Love could definitely be. I don't think any of the quarterbacks in the in the NFC right now, other than Jalen Hurts, are elite or have the ceiling to be elite. Well, see, and that's think it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I mean, nothing's impossible. But it goes back to what you were saying too, Todd. Is nothing is is just um, (laughs) once again the uh, potential. Because, like I said, outside of Hurts, I'd want to be the bears and just draft a guy because it is all about potential. And it's why I still think again, I would, I'd rather have Jordan love than Jared Goff. I just don't think Jared Goff is ever, it comes down to who can put up, who can be consistent to four to three games against good defenses. And again, it's a dumb stat that I've talked about on here a lot. Cause I dug into it, how every uh, team that's won the super bowl since the year 2000 is either a Hall of Fame quarterback or they put up 30 points, 30 points or more in the actual Super Bowl game. So it's like you have to have a pretty good offense. The offense has to show up if too. you're going to win a Super Bowl. So I, I don't know. What would you think if and the we Packers have scored 30 points once this season? It's his first year. It's his first year with a lot of rookies. Oh, too. ton of rookies. That offense has no experience. That is the one thing that gives me a lot of hope, too, is like as this team starts to click, like when I'm watching the games the last two weeks, I'm like, it's more than just Jordan Love clicking because I'm seeing like, it's not like the things from Jordan Love seem to be like wildly different. It's like, oh, the the people around him are also performing. It's like, right. that's the part of it, too. So it's like maybe if he was on a team that had some veterans. Like Brock Purdy? Be, like Brock Purdy with guys who are literally all veterans. Right, like all guys who can perform on their own, like it's a different ball game in a system that everybody else already knows too. And it, it's I, just a different the, the environment matters so much for a quarterback, in my opinion. The environment is really important. Right, and I think just the upside that there is with Jordan Love with the athletic ability, and you know we've talked about the stupid arm angles and what he can do with his legs. It's it's hard not to get excited for the potential. I still think, I mean, you, I still think there's some, I don't know what everyone's definition of an elite is, but if he's, I think he has, we've seen he has all the talent to be a great player. It's just, can he, can he throw passes out to the flat? You know, that's kind of it. And then it's funny because you talk about this in the NFC, you look at the AFC and it's like, I was jo- just going to say Joe that. Burrow, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh. Where Allen, would you put him? To uh, C.J. Stroud, I'd have him. Just I'd have him behind Richardson for the Colts. 
Trevor just Lawrence, throw Patrick a number Mahomes, Herbert. like on if you would take the whole NFL like throw a number like where do you think he is right now no let's, let's say to build around like so get rid of the old right like let's talk future because that's kind of well where we're at right like I'd put him outside the top 10 I right. was gonna say in that 10 to 15 range right. in the which, NFL which is kind of what we said at the beginning of the year too because it's like there just isn't yeah. a lot and now especially this year with all the fucking injuries it's like what all is the next talent year be? all the talent at the QB position is in the AFC yes yes <laughs> uh with that is Kyle an idiot I'm not an idiot okay you sure yes Okay, is Kyle an idiot for the week? You guys are not idiots. You guys are over 500 at least for the season. Uh, That's good. All right, let's let's start with the first question, which naturally has to occur. Six players had a rush for the Packers on Sunday. Who were they? Todd, you're looking at your screen. I can see your screen changing. Todd is not allowed to answer this one. Okay. Billy, this is only six, you. He's laughing Six now. players I, on Sunday. So we have Jaden Reed. We have Aaron Jones. We have Emmanuel Wilson. We have A.J. Dillon. <laughs> Two more. Jordan Love had, must have had a carry in there. Yep. Now, who was the last one? We did that stupid little end around on that fourth down. That was Wix, I believe. Wrong. Christian Watson was the other one who had. Oh. I believe that was Jaden Reed on fourth down, which I forgot about that. That was such a fucking bad play. No, the third down. The worst part it about was the this third is. Then the fourth down, we didn't. Because I do have the box score up. I always have the box score up when we're talking or whatever about the previous game. Mm-hmm. And I would have gotten. I would have been able to fill in that blank for you because I remember the Christian Watson. I thought that's play. what he was going to say, too. But yeah, that, that third and one, third and two, where you fake the tush push to take up more time in the backfield, it's like, I don't know what Matt's... When they're jamming the box. It's like, like the Alan too. Lazard sweep last year. It's like, yes. why are you taking more time but, up when you know everyone's just going to rush? But at least in this situation, he gave it to somebody who can True. turn it into a big <laughs> yeah. play. Like, at True. least it wasn't... There was half a second where I was like, is he going to get outside? At least no, he wasn't he like, not. oh, A.J. Dillon on the end around. Let's do it. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Uh, over one. Number two. This should be an easy one. I think this is an easy one. While with the Lions, what two players did Ndamukong Sue step on? Oh, um, so one of them was, was it J.C. Treader? No, it was then... it was Evan Dietrich Smith was the lineman. Are you sure? I am 99% sure. <laughs> okay, we'll go with yours. And then the other one was obviously Aaron Rodgers. Correct. Yes, very good. Those are the two players. I was trying to remember. Why did I think J.C. Treader? No idea. I, it's, mm. I'm surprised so you even came up with it. I, and then okay. the only what I also remember is T.J. Lang getting, was it kicked in the nuts by Brian Robeson? I got an, yes. I got an, I Twitter remember he got douchebag before yeah. too. <laughs> Brian Robeson. All right, one and one for the week. The third question. I think this is... Matt Flynn started for the Packers against the Lions week 17 in 2012, which was the 2011 season. Uh, They won 41-45. Everyone remembers that game. Who had one catch for 80 yards and a touchdown in that game? For the Packers. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm, I'm surprised. Because I, I, uh, this one popped oh, up in my head. Ooh. Oh. What, was it? I know Ryan Grant had a long screen, a long touchdown on a screen in that game. What year was this? 2011, when I we see, went 15 and 1. I see a bright light on Todd's screen. I feel like he might be cheating. My hands are. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. I'm not cheating. Yes, very good. It is Ryan Grant. It was Ryan Grant. A little swing pass. It might have been a screen. I know it was from going from right to left at the bottom of the screen is where yes. he ran right and down. I'm, I'm pretty sure he did a snow angel when he got into the end zone, <laughs> even though there was no snow. Okay. I was going to say, are you sure you're not thinking of the Seattle playoff game where he oh. kind of... Well, he most certainly did in that game. Yes. <laughs> All right. That is the... What was that? Two and one. Two and one for the... Two and one. Very good. Do you have a stump spenny, Billy? I do. So we talked uh, before we started recording here. Brian Bulaga retired as a member of the Green Bay Packers uh, on Friday last week. And he later went on to play for the currently Los Angeles Chargers. How many players are left on the Packers roster that played with him? And bonus points if you can name all of them. Oh, how many players? How many? Oof. Hmm. David Bakhtiari. That's one. God. You know, he did, he did play with Elton Jenkins. That's two. Um, Mason Crosby is gone. Uh, Preston Smith. That's three. Uh, Jair. That's four. Um, offensive line. Uh, Aaron Jones. Five. Um, guys, there shouldn't be anyone else at the skill position players. No, because DeGuara wouldn't be there either. Uh, oh, um, oh no, Jordan Love is 2020, so not him. Um, oh, Dar- yeah, Darnell. Darnell Savage, Rashawn Gary. Six, seven. Uh, um, who else is? God, you got to be getting close here. The clock at. Yeah, I know. I don't know how much we're gonna keep of this. Um. Oh, Kenny, Kenny Clark, Kenny Clark. That makes me your inflection there makes me think there's one more. Oh, oh, he looked. Give me a look. So I think I'm on at something. Uh, Preston. Oh. Not Campbell. Not Quay. Not Isaiah McDuffie, not Darnell Savage, not Rudy Ford. Any special teamers on offense, quarterback, God. Is that your final answer? Well, just, you only need a number, just say one I was, more. Uh, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to go with nine, and I don't know who I missed. Eight is correct. God, okay. Well, I'll take that. Okay. I was like, is there a special teams I, player? or? I, I'm going to give it to you because I, in, I did not mean with my inflection to be like oh one more <laughs> oh, okay okay well good i'll take that then i'm incredibly smart um any other any other thoughts on brian balaga it uh one thing here we go one thing he brought up is he said and not like we'd know but he thinks he's part of the best offensive line in packers history with david bakhtari josh sitton Corey lindsley tj lang and himself I think he's right as far as... Yeah, he is, probably. In, in the modern era, I would say so. But, I mean, it's hard to yeah, argue you against have to Jerry Kramer and Fuzzy Thurston right. and mm-hmm. well, Gale and Forrest Gregg back in the 60s. Because it's the 60s, it's that one, and then I would think it's, what, Chad Clifton... Mark uh, Hauser, Mike, Marco Rivera. Yep, 
Wall. Mike Wall and Jim or Mike Flanagan. Yeah, that was another really, really good one too. And I don't know if Frank Winters played with them too at all. I don't know if there was yeah. any crossover one, there. One but... of the two Winters are playing again. Yeah, that He's was right. Another that one. line together was probably one of the best. I mean, in the NFL, it's cohesive lines that we've had together. I mean, that's a damn good line. It's and the I... reason 2014 we were so good and why that was such a bummer. I was going to say, I think that's something that's really underrated about the Packers is historically, I mean, in the last. 20 years we've always had a really good offensive line like Mm -hmm. other teams you'll have great skill position players and you see it in Cincinnati they can't protect Joe Burrow their offensive line Mm -hmm. is horrible and Aaron Rodgers obviously a a transcendent talent at quarterback even when he didn't have the best weapons he always had a really good offensive line to give him time to go to work and stay for the most part healthy throughout his career that was always my argument when you know we lived down here in the city is when Viking fans were so excited about Kirk Cousins and they were like, oh, he's never had weapons here or he's never had weapons. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what he had in Washington? A really fucking good offensive line. And the Vikings were trying yeah. to give him one for the longest time. And when they finally do, he fucking tears his Achilles on that weird play or whatever. But uh, moving on. The Lions preview, as we've talked about on Thanksgiving, gobble, gobble, 1130 on Fox. We'll be playing oh. B. Detroit Lions. Um, we have we actually have Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart, so that's cool. Some normal stuff. What did you guys? I hate Side Mark note, Sanchez. I d- Do we have to talk? I didn't hate it. I hate I, Sanchez. I thought I, didn't, was I, fine. I don't necessarily like if you're like, do you like Mark Sanchez? I'd be like, no, obviously I don't like Mark Sanchez. But like <laughs> listening to the game, I was like, oh, this beats, I like beats Jonathan Vilma. Yes, beats Jonathan, I and they were like quiet enough. Like they didn't interrupt the game enough to where i was like oh i didn't really notice them i guess is, is that okay. fair enough like sure i'll, I'll not, i like that i'll not agree. if you don't interrupt the game great like i didn't look up the vegas on this i don't know if one of you guys want to google that quick i did not look i would i'm going to assume the lions are seven point favorites um anyways i'll keep going the Lions are eight and two after coming back against the Bears last week at home. Uh, team stats on offense: they are sixth in points per game, second in yards per game, fifth in yards per carry, sixth in yards per pass. They give away the 18th least amount of turnovers, and they are sacked the fourth least. Once again, Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, you you found found it out. Minus seven and a half, Detroit. Okay, what's the over under? Forty seven. Wow, that's really high. Mm-hmm. That's like the highest. That's what I thought too. Yeah, especially for being banged up on a short week. I am going. I never ever bet on the Packer game any which way after the 2012 or no 2011 or 2010 season when we played the Bears in Soldier Field. James Jones had like two fumbles, and I bet on the Packers. And after that, I'm like, not doing this again. So I so I stopped. Uh, but yeah, their offense. Jared Goff, obviously, still their quarterback. Didn't have a great game last week. He had two touchdowns and three picks. Apparently, he was actually getting booed at home, which is kind of funny. Uh, running backs, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, they're both pretty good. Last week, they well, they both averaged over four and a half yards per carry. LaFleur actually said in his presser today that he was upset when the Lions drafted Gibbs, or he said something along those lines. Amon Ra is obviously their number one receiver. He's pretty good. We drafted Amari Rogers instead of him. Jameson Williams is back. He's not very good. He drops a lot of balls. The first round pick last year who had his torn ACL or whatever, so he barely played at all. Um, then they have the other 
couple of receivers, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, whatever. They seem to, it's always those like piddly ass players who have big plays against us. I still remember that 2014 game at Lambeau where that like no, absolute nobody white wide out had like a one handed diving catch in the snow. It was one of the craziest plays I've ever seen. Um, and then they have Laporta, the rookie tight end who's had a very good year. One He's of the good. best rookie tight ends seasons ever and they have probably the best offensive line in football once again Detroit it's upsetting how good they've been at putting together this team over the last three years like they just and healthy offensive linemen they're super healthy Uh, I don't I don't know everyone thinks other teams are more healthy than we're not they have like five dudes on the injury report this week we have 17 that's true right now they're very healthy I don't know what was going on earlier this year I know um Gibbs was out for a bit then Montgomery was out for a bit I don't know whatever what and uh, well Jameson Williams he doesn't really count their defense not as good especially of late they haven't played that well they are 22nd in points per game ninth in yards per game sixth in yards per rush 17th in yards per pass uh 22nd in turnovers per game and 23rd in sacks per game uh Aiden Hutchinson obviously you know second year player really good five and a half sacks on the season Alim McNeil has five and then Alex uh and Anzalone. Anzalone, hey, pasta? Is that Italian or something? I have no idea. The long hair. Leads. Oh, that's who that fucking guy is. Feathered and is. lethal cotton. He's he's so damn annoying. But he leads the team in tackles and he he's also pretty has three good, sacks. actually. He's a guy you would love to have on your team and be like, oh, ah, yeah, look at that guy. Good. Look at that weird looking guy good at football with the long hair. And he's got it, it's about probably it how teams felt about playing against Clay Matthews and his routine I, throwing his hair back before the game i had that argument with todd before back in the day where i was where i'm like because we hated jared allen and i was like yes obviously and i was like if clay matthews was on the vikings we would hate him and you were like nope that's not true i'm like yes we would we would absolutely hate him i don't we i really don't would the water in the hair before the game throwing it back i mean i would hate predator. him like that but i wouldn't hate him like I wouldn't hate him like Jared Allen. He didn't say stupid shit in the media like Jared Allen. Right. I still remember shit. that first Packer Viking game when Rodgers took over week one. That offseason, Jared Allen said, I can't wait to, uh, what was it, pound my helmet into the back of Rodgers' spine. Like he said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Feels really a cool guy. Unnecessary, but I agree. Anyway. Um, but yeah, their defense, they have Brian Branch as well, the rookie safety who's played well. Uh, like you said, the injury report, they have four guys. We have 17, including like 13 starters, I think I read. So gross. Very good. Um, like I think I told you guys before we started recording, it's kind of a bummer how, you know, we played them week four, week five, whatever it was. And it was kind of a, oh shit moment where it's like, oh, we can get out physical. This is a young team who hasn't really had that happen before. It would be nice to go up and be like, oh, we're ready to go back up against it now. Oh, we're all, we're all tough now. But we have so many guys who are barely able to walk on this team right now. So I don't have super high hopes. If we were healthy, I'd feel a little bit better. I don't like the fact that we're playing on that turf field either in Detroit. I don't know. They haven't played super well at home either this year. No, they lost to the Seahawks early on at home, their first uh, home game this year. And they obviously almost lost to the Bears last week. But yeah, I don't have super high expectations. What about you guys? Yeah, I don't feel super great about this. That offense is a little bit scary. They are somewhat turnover prone, it does seem like, just looking at the stats here. Not that I watch a lot of Lions games. Um, 
So definitely seems like if we want to pull one out, we're gonna have to turn. We're gonna have to force some turnovers, and then that defense, kind of the inverse of what we've been seeing the last couple weeks, where a team that doesn't give up a lot of yards but seems to give up some points. I'm wondering if that's more along the lines of like special teams and field position plays, or maybe that's a factor of turnovers where they're giving up, you know, more points because of turnovers. Um, the Lions are a tough team. I mean, Dan Campbell team for the most part too just seems like even when you see him come back again last week too against the bears like this is a team with a lot of passion which is kind of something we've lacked a little bit this year just doesn't make me feel super great on thanksgiving feels like a it's a kind of a prime time slot you know the noon game i don't know so that's what i was gonna say is we've played the lions i i don't know prime time is the right word to describe it but i would say like oh the game on tv this is the prime time slot. for Thanksgiving. This is, is the like... right, exactly. This is the slot national TV. Everybody is watching this game. Yes, this is the third game in a row that you know we're essentially going to be the only game on TV when we play the Lions, and mm. they've kicked our asses each of the last two times. Mm-hmm. They've won eight of the last thirteen against us, dating back to the 2017 season. Ugh. We have not won in Detroit since 2020. They have two four-game winning streaks against us in that time span, I remember seeing. Yeah. So, you know, I was kind of describing at the outset, I have never liked playing on Thanksgiving. When I was growing up, that was like the Lions Super Bowl. That was a (laughs) shitty team that only ever got to play, you know, in that time slot one time, and they wanted to show up. This feels like they're, you know, I'm not going to say they're Super Bowl, but it's a big game for them for a different reason because, you know, people are tuning in and think of the Packers as owning the NFC North. And, I mean, we saw it when we played the Lions earlier this year. Like, the guard might be a change in. So, I, I too, don't have a great feeling about it. But we've been playing better as of late, so we'll see what happens. Again, I just want an entertaining game on Thursday. No, you know, no big injuries. You know, have fun. You know, make it entertaining, and then I'll be happy. But uh, have fun. You have just hope everybody hell. has have fun. fun. Have I want to and get orange oh, slices? I hope after Dan the game. Campbell cries. He does cry a lot, so that's actually not big, that far. Big out of the dumb baby. <laughs> I hope he cries at the end of the game. Okay. Hopefully, not because of a victory, though. There you go. Yeah. That that would be that would be weird. Happy cries. Who happy yeah. cries? Gross. Feels like Dan Campbell would. Probably. He, I think baby. I think he does. They ask B. they ask him about like football sometimes, and he just starts crying. Uh, score predictions. I'll start things off. I have the Packers losing thirteen to twenty seven. That just sounds like a Thursday Thanksgiving game. You know, I, once again, just look competitive. That score isn't great, but that just feels right for where these teams are at right now. I was kind of thinking thirteen twenty one, we would lose nothing. I I don't I don't feel like it's gonna be. I don't feel like there's gonna be a lot of points scored. I feel like the under is definitely. I mean, that's a good that's a good under to hit. Yeah, uh, that's, on Thanksgiving. That almost makes me feel better about the game. That if there's more points, we'd score more points because forty seven just doesn't seem right. I don't know. And maybe maybe the offense is clicking and maybe there is some points that go up on the board. I just don't – I don't know. I think – I just don't feel great about the game. I don't know what it is. Well, that's reflected in your score. Billy? Spencer, so little uh, side note here. Being the loser I am, I have a spreadsheet where I keep track of all my game predictions here. I was just – yeah. 
I literally wrote down 27-13 Detroit. That's so, a good score. I, I'm going to go with that. Okay, that's fair. I'll, I'll, I was going to say, I don't even know if one of us like guessed correctly last week. I should actually, I used to post up the uh, one predictions. Of us, one of us you should, picked yeah, the you game should correctly. Post Somebody yeah. picked the game correctly. I did not. Oh, really? You have like the scores written down? Ooh, well, maybe it, oh, oh, the, the oh. winner, not the score. Okay, yes, I did pick, I picked the Chargers. Oh, I did to, not. I, or sorry, I picked the Packers to win last week. I did yeah. have a Oh, yeah, feeling. I picked them to lose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I don't think any of us What's has gotten a, a score correct okay bold predictions uh this shouldn't be much of a surprise it came close last week with the tucker craft touchdown but i shouldn't surprise anyone with one luke musgrave pretty much being declared out i have ben sims scoring a touchdown i think his snap count will obviously go up i think with all the banged up guys it's almost like what able-bodied men can we have run routes and he's gonna be one of them so ben sims touchdown for such of his career i guess for me i'm gonna say can i go in like the yards per game i'm gonna bold prediction b is that our defense holds them their total offense which is i think it's bold under 300 yards okay they have a good offense yep that is that is very bold. and our defense has not been playing too great <laughs> No, if you have a competent quarterback, we're not going to play. And they well. do. Yeah. They do turn the ball over. That's but I don't know. Well see, getting Jair back would be pretty big in this game, I suppose. Billy. Uh I have Patrick Taylor with a touchdown on Thursday. Nice. I like that too. I was nice. I was thinking about that. That would be nice. He he said something. Fuck what was it? Well, one, he I'm sure you guys saw this too, how he was watching the game the Patriots were on a bye week this week. And he's watching the Packer game with his fiance or wife or whatever. And he watched uh, Aaron Jones and uh, Emmanuel Wilson, Wilson get hurt and, hurt. and he looked over at his wife and he's like, I think, uh, I think I'm going to be playing for the Packers. And then two minutes <laughs> two minutes later, Russ Ball called his agent and they uh, obviously signed him. And he did say something that he was a little upset with how it ended, but getting three three weeks on the active roster and that special teams role seems to be nice. And I like I like Patrick Taylor. Like I said before, I think I've said this last year, I was third row, row for that Titans game, that Thursday night game, and it was the first game he was called up for that year. And he, every single third down, not no one else was really doing it, he turned to the crowd and always was just fucking super active trying to get everyone involved. I'm like, this is a guy who enjoys being on the active roster. So I obviously got to root for him. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess we don't have much to talk about with Patrick Taylor. But yes, that is the episode. God, I think I had some things I missed last week. I think I said Wicks did the stop, drop, and roll. I know Reed did after rewatching the game again, I believe, or I saw some highlights. So we either had r- three rollers against the Steelers, or it wasn't Wicks. It was Reed for whatever. I thought whatever. Wicks had one. Game. I thought we had two or three, and I thought Wicks was one. Then maybe it was I three. thought Wicks was, yeah. I guess this is going to have to go into next week. Um, oh, no. And then we had some question at the very end. I don't know of last week. that I don't I don't know if we ever got the answer to that one. Do you remember, Todd? No, I don't remember at all. This is great radio. Well, with that, uh, yeah. you, you love what you know what that just was. So leave us a five star review on Apple or Spotify. Is there a jersey to give away or anything this year? Do you say that just to piss me off? 
koozies. We have oh, koozies yes, to give yes, away. That's right. We Not o- jerseys. Yes. Koozies. We always, yeah, we're just giving away jerseys. Yeah. If you leave a review, we'll send you a koozie. Email us at pmppodcast at gmail.com. Or DM Better us. than a jersey. Yeah. Or DM us on Twitter at pmppod. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Tell someone to listen to our stupid little fun podcast here. You know, we're yeah. fun. We're entertaining. If you have to go get a new phone, just make sure to grab yes. all the phones yes. and then subscribe to PMP Pod on all the phones at the phone store. Yeah. Five stars. Do that at all the Verizon stores or something. That would be very cool. But uh, with that, I don't have anything else. Do you guys have anything else? Nope. Go pack. Go pack. Go. All right. With that, Eric Hoskin, and please don't sue us. I'm excited for a Thursday game, <clears throat> uh, a Thanksgiving game. Sorry. Yeah, we haven't had one in a while. I hate it has Thanksgiving games. I hate oh yeah, what, I hate playing on Thanksgiving. Ha- okay, what time? we got to talk about this on the pod. Talk about the pod. What time do we kick off? Is it at eleven thirty? Uh, it is. Okay. I love it. How do you not love it? We got to talk about it on the pod. I, the I will pod. talk about oh, it on the pod. Oh, Let's God. go. This is gonna be. Hello, this is I me speaking. Feel like this, I feel like this is going to be like hello, when I was hello. trying, trying to control. what it sounds like when I speak. I was trying to control Andrew last year, one of those episodes where he had like four beers when we were recording. Oh, I was there for that. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can go get a couple mm-hmm. more. Nope, nope. That's okay. Hello, hello, hello. Okay. <clears throat> it's a Huskers cup. I just realized that. Ew, gross.